Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Holy shit, Noel. Yeah, man. <laughs> Shut <the> fuck. <laughs> Washington beat an 11-0 team, keeping in mind they haven't beaten since our last Super Bowl run of 1991. Shocking. It's absolutely shocking. On Monday night. Technically not a Monday night game, but on Monday night. There were a lot of people that didn't get this game. I a know. lot of people that I know. I, know. I think they only showed it in like 45% of the country or something. Yeah. Kind of a dickhead move. What's the reason because for that? Because technically it's not a nationally televised game. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's, I, it's I a regional that. game. So just because it's been moved to another day, they don't automatically get rights to show it to whoever the hell they want. I understand the contractual obligation there. Well, there are, have been other games. I think the the big reason was because there was another game at 5 o'clock as well. Right. Because the other games, like Pittsburgh and Ravens, that was nationally televised on Wednesday. Well, that's because that was an NBC game. It was already going True. to be nationally that's televised. Point. That's a good point. All right. That's Anything fair. else? That's, hey, that's all, I I, all I know is <laughs> I got to see it, and I'm happy about yeah. it. It was a fucking awesome game. And, uh, yep, go ahead. Continue, Matt. Well, and in case you did miss it, because a lot of people were surprised they couldn't see it. And truthfully, the odd start time of five o'clock, you know, some of you may have missed the first half or whatever due to work or, you know, you for sure. I mean, people that are actually going yeah. into work. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was sitting there freaking squirming up in my office chair and uh, five o'clock hit. Boom. I was in the car express lane hitting it. I was like, fuck it. If I, if I get a ticket, I get a ticket. Let's make it home. And I had it on DVR and you know, I made it live by the end of the first quarter. Well, this is kind of embarrassing. I was at Aldi at uh, about 4.55, and I was, like, squirming like Ericle. <laughs> uh, we, I won't get into that, but what that means exactly. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fucking rain man. At- <laughs> Jeopardy at 6.30. Jeopardy. <laughs> There was this super long line at Aldi, and they only opened up one lane, and we couldn't move. And we had all these groceries. I took the day off today, just so you know, a little mental health day yeah, for me. Yeah, for you. Yeah, thanks. And um, got some stuff done, you know, paid my car taxes, had to go to the courthouse. You know, fun little day of, of adulting, as the kids say. <laughs> God. Doing, gro- doing grown-up things. Yeah, right. Damn. Sucks to be an adult. So then, you know, went to Aldi, and then, yeah, we ran into a bit of a snag. 
I was about to kill everybody, but I knew I was like, I think I have the game recorded. And luckily, YouTube TV beast records all Washington anything yeah. in the cloud. So I don't have to worry about it. But anyway, I didn't miss it. Neither did you. But in case you did, the game kind of started off pretty... It was a defensive battle, to say the least, to start, I guess, or shitty offense. You know, I'm not really sure. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of an old school knockout, drag out game, defensive battle in the cold. The only di- absolutely the only difference was instead of ground and pound, it was dink and dunk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like pass fifty times instead of running forty times. So that yeah. was the only major difference, but it still had that vibe of a. It's a lot of hard hitting. <clears throat> a lot of hard hitting, cold, boom in the trenches. A lot of that, and like I said, the only difference was is that it was just a seriously pass-heavy game. How into it was the crowd? Oh, man, it was rocking. Especially the first quarter. There was nothing. There was nothing. And then they added the sound yeah, they later. Added, it was so weird. You could hear everything. It was so eerie when you were listening to it. Like, oh, man, you guys got to add that sound in. Like when I've wa- It kind of took me out of it a little it, bit because I was like, oh, it, this is weird. It did I- because I've watched the games. For example, Premier League. If you want to watch it without the sound, you can go to NBCSports.com. If for whatever mm-hmm. reason you have the option to watch it without the crowd noise, it's very nice of them. It's, to do it's that. so eerie. It's like you're watching a a kid's soccer game. Right. It was weird, but so the game started off with six punts, uh, three on each side. But then Pittsburgh decided to start playing a little offense and um, got on the board first after a 14 play, 72 yard drive, ending with a three yard touchdown to Deontay Johnson. Pittsburgh gets the ball back, but Washington has an incredible goal line stand. At their own, what, half-yard line? What did Pittsburgh have, like 18 plays at the goal line? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) What a defensive stand by by the Washington defense. And so Washington then punted from their own end zone. And right after that amazing defensive stand, (laughs) they give up a 50-yard touchdown to James Washington, putting the skins down 14 to nothing with about three and a half minutes left in the first half. Then, uh, as Washington tends to do... They get that last drive at the end of the half and uh, put up a much-needed Dustin Hopkins 49-yard field goal to end the first half, making it 14-3. to Hopkins looked great, man. Yeah. Best game he's had in years. Maybe um, ever. After those two horrible sacks that Alex Smith gave up back-to-back, put him mm-hmm. at a long, almost a 50-yarder, and he bombed it. He could have hit that thing from another 10 yards, man. Especially in that climate, ball That's probably a like a fucking too. stone. He crushed that ball. Dead center smacked it. Swirling winds there and everything else. Right off, what, the three rivers, whatever it is. I don't know if it's necessarily in that spot (laughs) anymore, but yeah. Well, you know, apparently it's difficult. I smell what you're stepping in. It's some of the worst weather in the United States in that that little shithole Pittsburgh, but... I visited Pittsburgh quite a bit uh, Why? in my oh, in my younger yeah. days. Yeah, his first love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I don't think I ever saw the sun when I was there. Yeah, he loved her cans. Is what he loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were all right. They weren't too too shabby. But um, anyway, so. <laughs> I don't think she's listening to this. But anyway, so Washington started the second half with the ball and put together a phenomenal 14-play 82-yard drive, ending with a Peyton Barber touchdown. And then after a Steelers field goal, making the score 17-10, Washington scored another touchdown, ending with a 15-yard pass from Alex Smith to Logan Thomas to tie things up at 17-17 with nine minutes to play in the fourth quarter. After another huge turnover on downs from the Washington defense, may have been due to they didn't trust their kicker, kind of a strange call there, I think, but... They drove down, ending with another Hopkins field goal, this time from 45 yards out. I didn't think a chance in hell he was hitting that, but 
It was true. Another yard that sucker would have curved out. I can tell you that. That thing was hooking hard, man. That was like one of my drives. <laughs> <laughs> a little over two minutes left. The Steelers got the ball back. And on Fatslaw Ben's first pass, Montez Sweep swatted the ball up in the air. And John Bostic secured it for a pick on the Pittsburgh 25, which I had like a out-of-body experience when that happened. Because I didn't, you know, I automatically assume he's going to drive down and, and score sure. at least a field goal to tie it sure. up. But it was so nice. The first play, just boom, pick, over. And then Hopkins then hit another 45-yard field goal with 17 seconds left and put the final nail in the coffin, in Pittsburgh's coffin, really. So, Noel, I know you've been talking a little bit during my game summary. Yeah. Rude. But um, <laughs> what's <laughs> what's your reaction to this one? I think they did what they needed to do to win the game. Both teams, ironically, played very similar football. Um, hard on defense, lay the ball out short, keep the defensive lines off of you. They didn't get to Roethlisberger a whole lot, the defensive line, but they were just very disruptive. I think it was by design. Absolutely. They only rushed four. Four-man front, put guys in coverage, but they knew they weren't going to get to him anyway with the style that Pittsburgh plays. He gets the ball out of his hand two and a half seconds. Yeah. He's by far the quickest quarterback who gets his ball out of his hand. So I think that they just accepted. They were like, we're just going to keep shit in front of us and rush four and play Ben, but don't break. And I mean, they've been doing that the last three weeks and it seems to be working no yeah absolutely and Pittsburgh was kind of doing the same thing they brought some blitz packages and things like that and got to Alex a few times but primarily the the Washington's offensive line played well um and the Alex knew where he was going to go with the ball he was going to go short they tried a couple of balls downfield but for the most part we knew where we were getting it was Logan Thomas McKissick some great plays by Cam Per And what a catch that was. And, Holy shit. But I can tell you that defense played phenomenally well in coverage. Fuller gave up a couple of plays, but really let them dink and dunk all day, which what Pittsburgh wants to do. And they grind it. And they grind it. And they showed character by coming back in the game when they were down 14 nothing. I really was worried when they ended up, like we were talking previously about Alex Smith giving up those two sacks, almost putting them out of field goal range. Um, They really had a big opportunity there to score a touchdown, which they really could have utilized at that point. So I was like, all right, we need to get some points on the board here, man. Let's get this seven. These are going to be few and far between. And they got the three, but the second half, man, that defense really buckled down. It was it was a sight to see. It was fun to watch. It was just a fun game in general. It was Yeah, like it was a throwback yeah. kind of game, like you said, except they threw 50 times. But, you know, that's today's NFL. But you don't really see that kind of defensive effort on both sides. Um, you might see it on one side, you might see it for a half, but to see it throughout the entire game from both teams is pretty cool to watch. But the Steelers don't rush the ball well, and that's that's going to be their their demise at some point. This is the worst 11-0 team I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, I think they've gotten lucky with the schedule that they've played. I thought that they were right for the pick and because of the shortened week they looked like they were tired at the end, by the way. Well, I mean, playing three games in 12 days is going gonna, is gonna to do it. Shit. Oh, absolutely. There, there's basketball teams that don't play three games in 12 days. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I think they took advantage of it. And Washington, just in general, is a better second-half team. 
So it kind of played into their hands to their advantage. You know, the fact that they were only down by 11 and not 20 was a benefit. And like I said, they played the bend but don't break majority of the game, kept everything in front of them. And the Steelers eventually shot themselves in the foot. I think that that's what they were banking on. They dropped a lot of passes and they knew they weren't going to be able to really hit Ben as much as they would like. So they said, all right, well, we're just going to start batting down passes. That's the only thing that we can really do. Um, He hit a couple big shots here and there, but every team gets a bomb thrown on Sure. Every team gets a big pass interference call or a big bomb or something like that. Washington outgrinded a grinding team in this game. And that's the difference. Like I said, there's extreme similarities when you watch this team versus watching Pittsburgh. They have a lot of similarities to them. They grind. The games are always going to be close for the most part. They're knockout, dragout games. And Pittsburgh does have some talent in some areas that Washington doesn't. Washington has a better D-line than they do. They blitz a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball, like I said. But Washington took punches and they gave punches. And it was it was fun to see that. It was a bruiser match, and I really had fun watching it. And I fucking hate Pittsburgh. I mean, straight up outside of the <laughs> N- outside of the NFC East, they're my most hated team. You know, and it started in. You could see the vibe starting oh in. God. And if there were oh God help us if there were fans there. These oh. refs were giving them calls when there was nobody in the damn place. That first down that Logan Thomas busted his ass to get shit. What a bullshit call. call. What a bullshit fucking call, man. He was a yard over that first down. When they get I could tell right when it happened. Oh God. What a great What are you looking at? And you know, go into Logan Thomas for a second. What a fucking beast. He's becoming a total beast. You know, Matt, I saw something on him which is very interesting. Sigiliano sent this out on Twitter after the game. Oh yeah? Hey guys, by the way, I've said Sigiliano a few times. It's Sisliano on the red zone, you know, <laughs> yes. ears boy. But I say his real name. Yeah, doesn't he think he should get those tucked at some point? I'm sure he's I made mean, enough money. I mean, trim those bad boys out. <laughs> you I know, mean, it's a little sliver of skin in the back. They slap that, staple that sucker down to the side of the head, and you're done, buddy. Well, can he do it now? He's so known for his ears. Will they? Uh, it's kind of like Drew Carey when he lost weight. It just wasn't the same. Or when he got LASIK. Yeah. He wears fake glasses now. He has to look like he has Drew to Carey. Look like Drew Carey, the poor guy. Or, um, <laughs> you know, people that lose a ton of weight that are actors that you lose a ton of weight. Like the, the guy from, um, what's the movie? He was in Superbad and he was in, um, in the Brad Pitt movie that you always talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I the, cannot remember his Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Jonah yeah. Hill. He lost all this weight and like nobody wanted to. Yeah, he got uh, like he got jacked for like Twenty One Jump Street or some shit, and they're like, "Eh, we like the fat jolly kid." Sorry, bring so him back. So he gained weight again. So, so he he's got like, fa- "Fuck it." So he I- got fat again. <laughs> hey, man, whatever it takes to pay the bills. But Cigiano <laughs> sent out this tweet saying he's been waived or cut since he's been in the league. 14 times. Really? 14 times. Well, he came into the league as a quarterback, obviously, out of VTech, right? right? He was on the Giants practice squad. They cut him, re-signed him, cut him, re-signed him. Then he went to someplace else and then got cut again. Training camp fodder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just just, just a warm body. Exactly. So that was just funny. But man, I mean, has he found his role on this team? He's blocking well. He's doing everything great, man. I'm, I'm really happy for the guy. You know that he's put the fucking work in. He's getting bigger. I looked at pictures from him from the past versus now. I mean, dude's jacked. He's a big fucking dude. How wrong were we about that totally guy? Totally wrong. 100%. And I, I, Everybody was like, who the fuck is this guy? Totally wrong. No, 
I didn't have an issue with having him on the team. I had an issue with them putting all their eggs in the basket of Logan Thomas initially. Uh-huh. Now, I mean, that says something about the personnel department, though. They obviously had an idea what they had in him, you know, and that's that speaks volumes for me. I mean, some of the guys they've picked up, it's like we were making fun of it on the offseason. It looked like they were punting on the season. You know, here's all these one year deals and shit. And, and now you're going to have Logan Thomas for another year on this crap deal. Making fun of McKissick. Yeah. You know, and guys like that. We weren't the only we ones. We weren't the only one. I mean, shit. I was doing the major league. Who the fuck are these guys when they're coming out with the <laughs> roster? Remember when he's right. when when like the GM is going down the list? This guy's dead. <laughs> Cross him off the list then. <laughs> I mean, that's how it felt. It, it totally, I was like, what, what are, are these the guys fuck doing? Are these guys. But man, I mean, they were digging deep. They've come together. Let's get real though. The offense looked like dog shit at the beginning of the game. They were inept. They always do. There's worse too. First two times they've had two three and outs since like week three or week two of last year is when they've had two three and outs in a row to start a game, Pittsburgh. And the defense came out and set a tone right off the bat in the game. It was phenomenal. We haven't seen that. We've seen them grind it out and especially in the second half, make adjustments, start to make a statement during the game. But they came into this game completely with a game plan. We're going to play four. We ain't going to get to this fat fuck. So <laughs> it's not going to happen anyway. So why get burned? Yeah, exactly. So they came into it with a true game plan. And I think the defensive line dominated in the role that they were supposed to be is what I'm getting at. It's a good game plan. They absolutely Del Rio at the very least on defense. Del Rio came in with a, with a plan. It seemed pretty basic to have 10 days to uh, figure this out, but I, it obviously worked. And I mean, it just kind of seemed what they've been doing and, and you, you ride it till it doesn't work anymore. And with Pittsburgh, it's a perfect team to do that too, because like we talked about how quickly Ben gets the ball out of his hands. And truthfully, everybody's doing that to Washington Yep. because they know that they don't want to get right. crushed by the D-line. I mean, so, at this point, they should be fucking used to it. Yeah. And that's why they have the least amount of air yards thrown against them because quarterbacks are getting the ball out of their hands quick. And by like what, week three, teams started figuring it out. The Eagles didn't week one. And then, as you saw, they're getting less and less sacks, and for obvious reasons. I'm changing it up a minute. When you saw okay. Alex Smith's leg with blood all over the fucking leg, I thought it was, the, thought it was the, the mangled beast. Right. I was like, this fucker's done, man. Oh. And then I was thinking, you know, that thing is bleeding a hell of a lot for a fucking cleat to hit it. And I know I've had cleats to shins before, and shins bleed just as much as like a forehead does. I mean, there's yeah. no meat down there. But damn, yeah. this thing was like a waterfall coming through the tape on his shoe. And I thought he was done. I, I gasped a yeah, little bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, I, I have no. to think that the guy, pro- maybe because of his other leg, might be on blood thinners or something like that because of clotting in his thing. Because I, You think so? It, it, it's a possibility. I mean, he's been through a lot with that other leg. I don't know. I didn't watch Project 11, and I'm not a doctor. I think you should. I think it's about that time. Can we be past it? Apparently, the announcers aren't because they still say it every single game. But can we be past it? The guy's... Well, he's all, he's been on the field now. He's being productive. He's going to win comeback player of the year. He's going to get all the accolades. He has been getting all the accolades. He played serviceable at the quarterback position in the game. He did what he needed to do. He got the ball out when he needed to get the ball out. Made really no bad decisions except for those two sacks. And we talked about in previous shows about it's starting to become a trend where he is making that costly mistake that is fucking them over, especially when the defense has been busting their ass. It's always been him, though. He's afraid to pull the trigger. Yeah. And sometimes he'll like wind up and it looks like he's about to bomb it. And then it's like, yeah, yeah. to the flat. It, like, and goes I'm like, into fucking uh, Rulier's ass. 
Yeah. <laughs> he usually makes a completion, but it looks like he's gearing up for something big. And then- he's just like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, that's, that's it? That's, that's what you got? Like you were saying, he wound up like a girl softball pitcher, and Isaiah Wright was about three feet away from him. The ball ended up getting deflected. I mean, he must have thrown that ball 100 miles an hour. I thought he was winding up for a bomb to somebody, but it ended up going three feet in front of him. But You got to hand it to him. Gibson was out. Hopefully, that's not a big deal. McLaurin did pretty much nothing in this game. You know, you're playing quite possibly the best defense in the league. They're bound to take away your, your top option, and they did. But other guys stepped up, like you said. Cam Sims, you can't say enough about him. Oh, I haven't said enough about it. But that one-handed grab, man, what a fucking play. I got Logan Thomas wrong, but I know I've been dead on on Cam. Most denied player <laughs> on Washington. Huge play. Two are the bigger offensive plays in the game. The one-handed catch by Cam and the big catch by Logan Thomas when he got it down to the one-yard line. Huge fucking catch, man. And also, Cam, with that crossing pattern that he had with McLaurin hit that Ooh, little block. man. When he gets in the open field, he looks like an elite receiver. Absolutely. He just has to get it. Absolutely. Like a Julio Jones type after he he gathers himself. I'm not saying he's Julio yeah, Jones yeah, by no, any I stretch. But, but once he gets rolling, he looks like he is a very D- difficult guy to bring down. He's going to crush somebody. Deceptive speed. Yeah. All of a sudden, you just see he catches the ball. He's great on contact because of his size. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, boom, he's 10 yards down the field. He has that gallop. And I think he can be, based on his size, is a great compliment to McLaurin. And, you know, they were saying the Steve Sims-McLaurin combo. And I always thought Steve Sims could be that third guy because, Cam, you still need to have that good big receiver. It's still, yeah, we've become a speedy Curry-style league, you know, where you want to do this wham-bam quick bullshit with the Tyreek Hills of the world. But those big safety receivers... Those safety blanket receivers are still worth their weight in gold, especially when they have speed, and Cam has that. I, I can't say enough about him. I've, thank God I was the believer since day one with old Get Cam. The fuck but, out of uh, here. Please, <laughs> I've been fighting tooth and nail for that guy. I was, si- I was sending in letters to the governor about him. you got to respect the amount of work he's put in, though. I mean, he's been denied for shit. Him and DeShazer Everett are kind of 1A and 1B. Oh, no way. I totally disagree. DeShazer Everett has gotten more opportunities than he probably should have gotten. based on- He's never gotten no, an no. opportunity outside of an injury. But, but what, what I'm saying is, is that he's been put into the safety positions and gotten opportunities by default because of injuries and things like that over times cam has always had that one roadblock that has prevented him from being in based on okay well we see something there whether it's the route running is off there's always something a little off that puts him on the practice squad the hands and he did drop kind of an easy one after that one-handed grab i gave him a total pass on that That would have been nice to catch that oh yeah absolutely that was a big drop but if you're talking about those two I i kind of put them in the same category they've been both been busting their ass on this team for multiple years and you only keep so many safeties. You have to bring DeShazer Everett up. Sure, sure. What do you keep? Four safeties. It's a numbers game with at wide receiver. But yeah, he's been denied for a long time. And um, both of them stuck on Gruden's shit list for whatever reason yeah. for many years. And you got to respect Rivera and the crew for giving these guys a shot. You know, and one thing, Matt, that I will notice about the game, Washington had the swagger in the game. Usually Pittsburgh is always the fucking bully, and they tried a couple of times to get a little right. chippy. They, I was going to mention that. They did, like, Pittsburgh shit. Yeah. Who got the personal foul when he got his head pushed down and then he hit him in the face from the O-line? Oh, no, that was Settle. Yeah, I'm sorry. Settle, Settle was... And one of their offensive linemen pushed his head down, yeah. and, of course, they always catch the second guy, right. and he smashed him in the face. Yeah. 
pure Pittsburgh. That's what they That's do. What they they do. like try to they try to be like the the big bully in, in the schoolyard. Yeah, the biggest dick in the locker room. Right. It's always them, but they put them in their place very quickly. And they did it with football on the field. I mean, there was a little bit of shit talking every once in a while, but not nearly what you see with Pittsburgh. Corners always talk shit, no matter what team you are, but Usually they are just such, just every play, it's like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, shut the fuck up. It's like watching LeBron to a ref, you know, just shut the hell up already. And they didn't really do a whole hell of a lot of that because they were getting hit just as much as they were hitting. And it was nice to see a nice quiet game because I didn't want to see Washington get caught up in that bullshit because the only ones that lose in those situations are Pittsburgh's opponent. Because Pittsburgh oh, always no wins doubt. in those. 99.9% of the time. And physical on receivers, they allowed that to go to a certain extent. I thought a couple of times Darby got beat up a little bit, but he came back and was physical on one where I thought for sure they were going to call pass interference and they and they let it I go. I think that was an uncatchable ball. That was the one that went out of bounds. But there yeah. was one also where the guy was kind of coming back, where the receiver was coming back into the field to play. And That reminds me, what about when Logan Thomas got blasted in the back? He still caught the ball. Oh, man. Total pass yeah. interference. If he dropped that, they would right. never call right. it. But Absolutely. they had no intention. They had to. no intention. I was going to ask you, it kind of changed the subject. Do you think, well, it's still the subject, but hypothetically speaking. So Washington and Pittsburgh has the same amount of rest. There's a crowd there, a real crowd. Do you think Washington wins this game? No. No? Me either. I don't think, like I said before, the refs were already kind of swaying a couple of times to begin with. With that crowd rocking in Pittsburgh and the way that crowd electrifies them, we were just talking about the bullying shit, that would have come out mm-hmm. tenfold. They yeah. would have fed off that. If it was 14 nothing in the game, like it was in this one, I just don't see them being able to fight their way back in. I think they I could agree. have made it a competitive game, but I, I don't see them being able to, Alex being able to calm himself, get the ball out, have some type of structure in the offense to fight back into it. Pittsburgh's one of those type of teams that, and I'm in agreement, one of the worst 11-0 teams out there. They fight, they grind, they do it to be the biggest bully on the street, and you need that crowd momentum to feel like you're going to put the foot on the neck. And I feel like with the crowd, they would have had that. Yeah, they're one of those teams that are defenses, especially that if there's blood in the water. Absolutely. Those blitzes start coming downhill. They, they are a very play downhill team. They love it. And kudos to the offensive line. When Wes Martin came in, I was like, holy hell. When Sheriff went down, it totally changed the dynamic of the offensive line for that moment, and they ended up having to punt the ball off after Wes Martin was in there, but they were going to have a feeding frenzy on that dude if he was in there for the long term, and that was very concerning. And then Sheriff came hobbling his, his ass back in the game. He was like, thank God, I'd rather have him on one leg. Well, death taxes and Sheriff being injured, you know, you can always <laughs> right. depend on that. There's a lot of shark uh, comments here with blood in the water. And then you said, uh, what was the other one you said? Feeding frenzy. <laughs> yeah, feeding frenzy. <laughs> Chum. Pretty we bring shark a ch- heavy here. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so I, I think overall, obviously thrilled. I haven't felt this way in a long time about this team. It's weird. Like I genuinely like players on this team. It's been a while. I think maybe the last time I was really this invested in a Washington football team is maybe the RG3 time. Yeah. Other than that, I hated Cousins, Deshaun Jackson. I kind of liked him. He's a dick, you know, but I, I just genuinely like a lot of these players on this team because they scratch and claw. They, a lot of them, like you said, 
Logan Thomas, a perfect example, 14, 17 cuts or whatever. And now he's showing kind of like the land of opportunity in a way. They're worker bees and they're relatable to the common man. And right. they fought for what they have. And I will respect Rivera for giving these guys the opportunity to realize that, hey, we want workers here. The world needs ditch diggers too, right? right? And um, he was willing to bring in the plumbers and the ditch diggers and see what they had. Obviously, at some point in time, you need to have talent at talented positions. But if you can start out with a foundation and we're fans of guys that work, and it's shown that these guys have worked their ass off because some of them don't have the talent in order to be upper echelon, but they're being serviceable at the best ability that God has given them. And people respect that. And people want Mm -hmm. people to succeed that are blue collar guys. It's like the Sean Jackson. The guy had all the talent in the world, but he was a lazy asshole. I mean, you know, know, and it's just not a very unlikable guy. Right. I mean, but when he would go off, then you kind of liked him, you know, but you didn't know what you were going to get from game to game. You know, terrible fantasy player for example, because, you know, he was so feast or famine and and that was exhausting. You know what you're going to get from these guys. It seems like every week because they're all busting their ass. They're just a likable team. And I think a guy like Logan Thomas does have talent. He just never got a chance to show it. It's the old cliche. You know, it it is one and I'm not a particular big fan of it, but next man up. And I, I really think that these guys really feel that way. There's nobody that's some spectacular player that everybody needs to look up to. Everybody's kind of on the same level. Even, obviously, the defensive line has pedigree, right? They have that. But still... They have a different way of thinking, it seems like. They all kind of bring their lunch pail, even though they're top-level picks and have been like a beast every, you know, at these... Alabama's and Ohio State's and everything, the best of the best schools, but they all seem to be different mold. You know what I mean? Right. They are a trenches style. They're an automatically, those positions are kind of lunch pail guys anyway. In those positions, you're usually leading by example, minus, you know, Albert Hainsworth. But, right. you know, when you got guys in the trenches, usually if they're busting their ass, they're usually respected whether they're a first round pick or a seventh round pick. If they're killing yeah. it out there, they're leading by example. They're not usually like these huge vocal leaders for the most part. They're out there kicking it. I just like the mentality yeah. of everybody on the team. Yeah. And look, they're five and seven. What do they say in Major like, League? Like, let's not start sucking each other's dicks just yet. <laughs> but I, I'm just, I see a future. I love the draft picks that they've made. I love the, the depth that they have in positions. I can't believe I'm saying that. The personnel department did a hell of a job. When you have a personnel department that is seeing things that other teams don't, like drafting McLaurin third round or or Gibson in the third round or, you know, Logan Thomas, all of these guys that kind of were just passed over. And that's what good teams do, though. And they're building this foundation for something as they add more going forward. The future looks bright to me. The only problem is the quarterback position. But, you know, (laughs) that's another story, I think. Well, I think that we'll see in the coming weeks now. They've got San Francisco coming up. A lot of it could be all for naught if all of a sudden you just start not keeping the momentum going and you shit the bed. And then... I don't see this team doing that. No, no, no. You know what I mean? This doesn't seem like a Gruden type that's going to be a letdown because... I'm not saying that, but a loss is a loss, okay? absolutely. At the end of the day, this team three weeks ago, we were saying they're not a very good team. So there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows. With a team that doesn't have a ton of talent but works hard, sometimes talent can still be working hard. Okay. No, sure. And and are we talking about them winning the division right now? Absolutely. They're tied with the Giants for first place in the division. They've got some games, but let's keep in mind in the three games this was a big win. They beat Dallas and they beat Cincinnati. 
Okay. And yes, at the time they weren't a very good football team. They needed those wins. They won the games that they needed to win, that they were supposed to win. And now they won a game that they weren't supposed to win. So we are building something, but if you're going to go and you're trying to work towards finishing the season strong, there's still four games left. So I'm hoping that this momentum continues to build that way and it can really build momentum or it can come off the rails fairly quickly. I'm happy about the Pittsburgh win, but I hope they're not resting their laurels on it, and I don't think they will. That's what I mean. Yeah. They're lunch pail guys, and I think that they're not going to allow that to happen. They may not win all the games. I don't think there's a chance in hell that they're going to sweep the next four games that they no, have. No, fucking but, Seattle, man. Right, dickheads. Fucking I mean, Seattle. Nine motherfucking points. This basically turned into a must win because of that. And I don't even want to look back to those fucking Giants games, especially the first one. What a shame. Who knew that they would be so huge going forward that the Giants well, we would knew. be in first place. Well, Everybody we knew, knew I'm because saying- those are the games you have to win because the division was looking like it was going to be a shitty division. And those are really, at the end of the day, the only games that you needed to win in order to win the division. No, but I'm saying I don't think anybody knew the Giants would be able to put, what are they at, four in a row now, five in a row? Yeah. So, I mean, they, they started the season, what, 0-6? I don't think anybody really saw the Giants as a factor, especially after that first win when Washington, I still believe in my heart of hearts that they didn't want to win that game. Yeah, I really don't. That's what it looked like. And now you're actually going for the division. Look, you lost the second game. That's fine. They came back and, you know, had five turnovers. That game was a clusterfuck, but you should have won the first one and you'd be in the complete driver's seat right now. And it's a shame. Now they got to probably to make the playoffs win eight games. Well, I mean, let's be clear. We don't know what's going on with Daniel Jones. Colt McCoy came out and he played his usual backup, come in, play one good game, pieced it together. But I mean... Well, he didn't get hurt. He didn't get hurt. Yeah. Hey, good for him, right? (laughs) Good for him. And Alfred Morris. Yeah. The old connection there. Yeah, but there's still some football to be played. If they go out and they have a bad loss here coming forward... The Pittsburgh game was a great victory. It's going to be canceled out by a bad loss. So hopefully they can stay strong and they're still in the fight. NFC East looked pretty good this weekend. You know, beat Seattle, beat Pittsburgh. Shit, man. Sometimes the record isn't what it shows. (laughs) See, that's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. All right. Are we good? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm, I'm, hey, this is about as positive as I get, guys. So, um, you know, enjoy it. I'm thrilled. Now I want to go watch some post-game shit. Isn't that what we're doing? Well, yes, but I, I like to watch myself. <laughs> I am still a fan after all, That's Noel. true. That's true. We're not just the media. That's true. So I hope that I can see Linda Cohn say, uh, you know, for the love of elevation oh, for God. some reason, for no fucking reason. For every re- single person that said that they were going to uh, win the game and breaking down film about how beast this Pittsburgh team is and how they can just take on anyone and, you know, the boogers of the world and all that oh shit. Oh, my God. I can't. Fucking moron. Can't. You know, not saying I thought that Washington was going to win, but shit, they just say everything so matter-of-factly. And then after in the post-game show, they just talk about the film breakdown as if they didn't even say anything against Washington. Look how good they are now. You know, it's such crap, uh, man. It's so played out. I don't even. That's why I don't even watch it. Just for the record, you know who did think they were going to win? Who? This guy. This guy right oh, here. Yeah. No, I unfortunately, I wasn't available to be on the podcast, <laughs> but I did in my pool. No money involved, everyone. Mm. A gentleman's Strictly pool, platonic. A gentleman's pool. I did pick Washington to win, and I was the only one. There you go. 
Well, you must have listened to my preview. I did. You know? Uh, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I took your advice. I had Pittsburgh penciled in, and then after you talked about it, I was convinced. Hey, you know, there were some things that were pretty accurate on no, there. You and did the, score, good. the score was pretty close. What did I say the score was going to be? 28 19, I think? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it was close. I don't give a shit if they won 2-0, Matt. Real quick, yeah. really looking at their Hold on, stats everyone. This their... is Pat on the back. He, he, did, he didn't have enough of that with, with the Westbrook thing. He's, he has to get this in now, too. No, no, no. With the research that I put into it and realized how similar these two teams are and the advanced stats and everything like that, I was like, holy shit, man. There's really not that big of a difference between these two teams. Right. The only difference is that one's 4-7 and seven and the other one's 11-0. and 0. And looking at Washington's record and looking at Pittsburgh's record, Pittsburgh's really only beat two good teams, which are the Ravens and the Titans. So looking at all of their rankings on the defensive end, they just alternate one and two at pretty much everything. Yeah. And on, on offense, they're very pedestrian, much like Washington. Right. And I knew they didn't have a running game. The only thing that I was really wrong about was that McKissick would get. I thought that they would be able to shut that down. But Oh, you, you hit that on the head. No, I didn't take into account that Gibson would be hurt and McKissick would be in every fucking play. So that definitely changed things. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> all right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. We're also on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you Friday with a potential massive guest. I'm working out the details here, but it looks very promising. And I'm not going to say his name, but it looks promising he will be here on Friday to talk some skins with us. Yeah, that'll be nice. And I'll be here too. Yes, you'll be there too. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one.